This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's only one. There's only one pod in the Motor City that's keeping you up to date on everything Detroit sports. This is The Daily Ticket with your host, Jeff Rieger. Hey, everybody. What's going on? Jeff Rieger. Uh, another episode of The Daily Ticket. This one for a Wednesday. It's officially hump day, 21st of February, and it's gorgeous outside. That's right. When you watch this, there's a very good chance that I'm going to be on the link somewhere. I love, I've said this before, I love winter golf because most places it's super cheap. You can just walk on. It's like 20 bucks. You get a little exercise. You carry your own bag. And, oh, golfing in shorts or pants, just golfing in February, doesn't that mean that we're going to have a great March? Doesn't that mean we're going to have a great April? Doesn't it mean that all the weather ahead is going to be awesome? I think that's what it means. There's nothing better. There is nothing better, at least in my mind, than stealing a couple of rounds of golf in February. And we've done it now like five times this month. Best February ever. Ever. Here's the one thing I really hope happens. If I could choose there to be good weather, whether it be March, whether it be April, I'm going to choose late April. You know, as well as I know, that we get some pretty shitty weather going into May. How many Tiger games have been rained out or it was snowing in late April? I just hope we get picture-perfect weather in late April. Why? Because the draft's going to be downtown. And please do not give us one of those 25, 30-degree day where it's just raining the entire day. No doubt Detroit will show up. Lions fans will still show up. They'll just bring their umbrellas. But please, can we get some good weather? We deserve some good weather for the NFL draft. But yes, can't wait to get on the link. Anyway, how's everybody doing? A couple days before the weekend. I have been following the Tigers in spring training rather closely. I do want to talk to you about Javier Baez. When he plays bad, he's Harvey. When he plays good, he's Javi. Our afternoon show, Mike and Rico thought of that one. Harvey Baez, when he goes over four, swinging at a whole bunch of sliders outside of the zone. I also, later on in the podcast, I have some comments that are heartbreaking. From NBA All-Star Tyrese Halliburton. They are heartbreaking. I'm going to play these comments for you. I was heartbroken. And they're kind of mocking the Pistons. So, We'll get to that momentarily, but 
with spring training being in session. Apparently, Chris Illich, the owner of the Tigers, was at spring training yesterday talking to Scott Harris and, of course, A.J. Kinch. And apparently he decided to talk to the team as well. That's an annual thing. But I think there's been a lot of attention put on the young guys. Who's in great shape or Parker Meadows or Spencer Torkelson or Colt Keith. And I've been the one guy banging the drum that the Tigers should go out and sign a free agent that could really help them. I mean, I've done these podcasts before, whether it be J.D. Martinez, Cody Bellinger. They're out there. I don't think the Tigers are going to do it. Scott Harris already said, nope, we are committed to the young guys on our teams. A.J. Hinch was saying the other day, he said, listen, young is not bad. These young guys have to realize they belong. And that's the only way we're going to win. So they're not going to go out and get a free agent. Even though I want them to. But there is one guy, there is one guy that could help this team's offense. Because again, I don't think they have enough offense. And while maybe Scott Harris isn't looking at the division as winnable, I am. You haven't won a division in 10 years. You haven't been to the postseason in a decade. Tiger fans deserve it. I know Scott Harris has only been here now two years. I don't care. It's not about him. It's about you. You want to go to the postseason. There is such a thing as having your cake and eating it too, is there not? You could sign a Matt Chapman, have him play third base every day, go to the playoffs, all while still developing your young guys, and the Tigers have a very good farm system. But whatever, it, it's not going to happen. I'm going to stop talking about it. It's my dream. It's not their dream. It's my idea. It's not apparently their idea, despite the fact that they are $10 million under last year's payroll. But whatever. But as I was saying, there is a guy. There's one guy on this team that if he actually rounds in the form, he could act as a free agent acquisition, and that's none other than Javi Baez. Javier Baez has been absolutely putrid for the Detroit Tigers in his first couple of years. We all wanted Carlos Correa. Al Avila went out and got Javi Baez. We're led to believe that what? They didn't want to meet the demands of a guy like Correa, who, by the way, isn't killing the baseball a ton more than Javi, but he's definitely seems like a better leader. First thing you heard about is having dinner with the team, telling them about playoffs, having meetings with the coaching staff and the manager. Like, Carlos Correa seems like he wants to win. He seems like a... Uh, dedicated individual, and even though he's not the same guy that we saw in Houston, he's without a doubt better than Javier Baez, and that signing would have been better. But you know what it is. You get it. He's also been injured, I guess. So Correa's not here, but Baez is. And Baez has been brutal. I mean, there's no other word for it. Absolutely brutal first couple of years as the Tiger, so much that we were praying to whoever you pray to that he would opt out. But he's not Eduardo Rodriguez. Eduardo opted out, and the Tigers were left with nothing. Javier Baez is like, no, I've sucked the last two years. Yeah, I'm going to opt in because I want to continue to get paid $25 million a season. Do you know that the Tigers owe Javi $100 million over the next four years? So if you find a way to make that guy good again, or even a hell of a lot better than he's been, it could act as a free agent acquisition. So Javi Baez spoke to the media 
And I want to read you some comments, and then I want to give you a very unpopular opinion. This comes from MLB.com. Jason Back has covered the team for us such a long time, does a great job. And in this article, it says, Javi hoping to pick up the whole team with the rebound in 2024. Apparently, Javier Baez in spring training has taken Miguel Cabrera's locker. Miggy always had a locker, looked to be as the leader of the team, and now Miggy has retired. He's playing in Venezuela. So Javier Baez makes sense. Taking over Miggy's locker. Because Miggy was the highest paid Tiger for such a long time, and now Javier Baez is the highest paid Tiger. So here's what he had to say. This was back on Friday morning. Quote, yeah, that's kind of weird getting his locker, unquote. A.J. Hinch said, other than Miguel Cabrera, nobody gets more attention on this team by our dugouts from fans every time he steps on the field than Javi. A.J. said that last season. Mind you, Javi got demoted a couple of times last season, not to mention he got benched a couple of times as well. And he had a bottom three OPS in all of baseball. He was dreadful. He was absolutely brutal. Javier Baez has 98 million bucks owed to him. He's got 25 million owed to him this year. And here's what Baez said, quote, there's a few veterans here. There's a lot of young guys too. They like to listen and learn from the others. I think I do a good job staying close to them and around them. So hopefully I'll play better this year and I can pick up the whole team. Javier Baez last year had the second lowest OPS plus, 62. He had a .6 war. That was his lowest since 2015. He ranked near the bottom of Major League Baseball hitters in chase rate, first percentile, walk rate, third percentile, and batting run value, fourth percentile. All right? Javier Baez was dreadful. Absolutely awful. But maybe... There's a reason he was so bad. Here's a quote from Baez. This offseason, I was working on my low back and my core, which I feel like I wasn't using the right way last year. It's been feeling pretty good. We'll see how it goes now that we're going to start. Baez also said, I'm going to be out there as long as I can, no matter what's bothering me. I'm trying to be smarter this year if something's bothering me, just to speak up and take the day off if I need it. But I feel really good right now, and I'm in pretty good shape. We'll see how it goes when the full squad workouts start, but everything looks pretty good. All right. So in those quotes that I read you, Javi talked about maybe talking to the young guys, leading the young guys. He talked about being fully healthy or, dare I say, the best shape of his life because that's what they always said about Miguel Cabrera when he was reporting for spring training. But more than anything else, I think Javier Baez can rebound substantially. And let me tell you why. Because I don't think he's washed up. He's 31 years old, and I understand he's a fan favorite to bitch at, right? People love yelling and screaming at Javier Baez. People love calling the ticket and saying Javi sucks. I get it. It comes with the territory. When you sign that massive six-year contract worth a ton of cash, people are going to be unhappy when you don't perform, and Baez hasn't performed. But he's not washed up. I look at Albert Pujols down the stretch, and I know he had a final great three months. He was washed up. I look at Miguel Cabrera down the stretch. He was washed up. Ryan Howard down the stretch, washed up. Joey Gallo 
currently washed up. When a hitter gets to his mid-30s, even early 30s, sometimes they start to lose it. They can't hit anymore to save them life. I don't think that's bias. I don't. I think Baez's biggest problem is he's not motivated enough. I don't think Javi Baez is washed up. I watched games last year after he got benched or when things were at their lowest and everybody had given up on him and dude took over. Whether it be with power, whether it be with speed, whether it be making a nice play at shortstop to get out of an inning. I still think Javier Baez has what it takes to play at this level. I do. Now, I know it's an unpopular opinion. And I know you're probably yelling right now saying, man, are you a fucking moron? I get it. You're calling me a moron. I get it. I think Javier Baez is going to rebound and rebound big. And I do believe his season coming up in 2024 will act like a free agent acquisition because you sure in the hell haven't had Javi the last couple of years. You've had Harvey. What do you think? I can't back it up with any facts because they haven't played any games yet. I like his comments. The Tigers sent coaches and trainers out to Puerto Rico where he was. He also went to Lakeland, I'm led to believe, a couple different times during the winter as well. He seems like he's motivated. And I understand what you're saying. It's such BS that you got to motivate a guy making 25 mil a year. I hear you. I don't think he's washed up. I think he needs motivation. And I think he understands because he said it in multiple comments that I've read over the last couple of days. He was embarrassed about last year. He said many times, I hope I have another better, I hope I have a better season. I need to rebound. He said it last year. He was embarrassed, lost at the plate. I don't think he's washed up. I don't think he's in such decline that he can't hit anymore. I think he lacks plate discipline. I think that's obvious. I think you know that already. How many sliders are you going to chase? But I do believe this year is going to be better just because for the first time, it seems like Javier Baez understands, A, that he's being counted on, maybe to be a leader now that Miggy's gone. But B, more than anything, he gets how bad he was. I mean, he's got to, right? He has been horrendous. But I think he understands it. I think he's embarrassed about it. And I think he still has ability. And I expect Javier Baez to make. I expect him to rebound. I know it's a controversial take. I know you're probably laughing right now. I know you're going to keep this as a receipt when it doesn't happen. But I want to hear from you. Have you given up fully on Javier Baez? What do you think? I mean, dude had one of the worst OPSs in all of baseball last year. Him and Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson before last year was like one of the best shortstops in all of baseball. Now he's looking for a baseball team. He was horrendous last year. I'm, I kind of believe a lot of that had to do with the team he played on. The Chicago White Sox are a freaking train wreck. I think Javier Baez and Tim Anderson both rebound. And I think they rebound significantly. And I expect Javi, you want to go batting average, give me 260. You want to go homers, give me 24. You want to go OPS, give me high 700s. I think Javi's capable. I'm pulling my neck on the line. I realize I'm going to probably made to be a fool. But let me know. Comment section, what do you think? Have you already given up on Javier Baez? The answer I'm probably going to get is yes. And I understand. I do. I think he's going to rebound.
Nothing better than calling me a moron, right? So start it right now in the comment section. All right. Before we go, though, I wanted to give you this, too, because this broke my heart. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton, are you familiar with him? Plays for the Pacers. Indiana, currently the sixth team in the East. Tyrese Halliburton was available for the Pistons back in the 2020 draft. That was Trey Weaver's first draft. Tyrese Halliburton's a two-time All-Star. Tyrese Halliburton leads the league in assists with 11.9 assists a game. Tyrese Halliburton scores like 21-22 a game. Tyrese Halliburton is a walking double-double, and he wanted to come to Detroit. He sat down with the Bleacher Report because the All-Star game was over the weekend in Indy. Halliburton, of course, plays for the Pacers. And he sat down with the Bleacher Report to do a long 45-minute interview. And the interviewer asked a couple questions about where he thought he would get drafted. And take a listen to his response. This breaks my heart. The teams that passed on you, was there one that felt the most personal? For sure, Detroit. For mm. sure, Detroit. I knew they needed a point guard. And so in that moment, I already felt like I was the best point guard in the draft, but LaMelo got, and LaMelo was kind of, you know, touted as the number one guy. So he got drafted and now I'm like, okay, it's gotta be me. So the Pistons, I'm like, you need a point guard. It's gotta be me. You know what I mean? Um, and then I remember looking at my agent over kind of, he was behind the camera and he was like, and I was like, what is, what is this? Like, they're not picking me. And then there's, you know, flashed up Killian Hayes, whatever. And I'm like, what? And, and I, in that moment, I was just so, I was frustrated, but I knew, but like, I knew that the Kings were my floor and I keep my expectations low. Like if I would have got drafted, I, I probably would have been surprised because, but it, still in the moment, I was just angry. Like, I was like, what do you mean? They're not like, they need a point guard and they're not picking me. Yeah. Uh, so that one definitely felt, uh, felt the most personal. No question. Yeah. All right. So my favorite part about that cut was he's like, they drafted Killian Hayes. What? I mean, Tyrese Halliburton and all of Detroit were essentially doing the same thing. Now, of course, the Kings ended up taking Halliburton. They eventually traded him to the Pacers. But Halliburton wanted to be here. He wanted to be here. How does that make you feel? Uh, kills me. Instead, you took Killian Hayes, who is no longer on this team, who had to be released because Troy Weaver couldn't even trade him away. Nobody wanted him. Troy's like, you can't shoot. Troy drafted him anyway. Oh, that kills me. Tyrese Halliburton is one of the more electrifying players in basketball, and he wanted to be a Piston. But I got more for you. So since he said he wanted to be a Piston, since he said he thought the Pistons were going to draft him, is there a little extra juice when he plays Detroit? Listen to this cut. Is there anything that you look to prove if you're playing them, or is it just something that you feel like happened and you moved on? Uh... I mean, I'm good. I love my situation. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and, and they got the number one pick the next year and they picked Cade and it's, you know, I think that's worked out for them to get Cade. So, um, sure. yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think there's definitely, um, there's definitely, you know, that game, there's some, there's some, some added juice for me personally. Um, but I, I would love to see them do well. Cade's a good friend of mine, so I would love to see him and the team do well. But, yeah, there's definitely some extra juice in that game for me. So my favorite part about that cut was Tyrese Halliburton saying, well, you know, they got the number one overall pick the next year, and they took Cade Cunningham, so they're good. And the interviewer started laughing. Yeah, and then the whole crowd, of course, starts laughing. I also like that Halliburton's like, yeah, I'm good. My situation is good. Meanwhile, the Pistons have eight wins 
eight wins as the second half of the season is about to start up. I don't know how you get over those comments. I don't. I was talking on the radio. I think it was on Monday. I played those comments. I think every Detroit fan has that example of a draft day decision where Detroit took a guy that they should not have and a guy behind them absolutely has made them regret it. I think Tyrese Halliburton and Killian Hayes is definitely one of them. I think Stanley Johnson and Devin Booker is definitely one of them. What about Luke Kennard and Donovan Mitchell? Those are three basketball ones. Eric Ebron took. You could have had Aaron Donald. Terry Fair you took. You could have had Randy Moss. Philip Zadina you took. You could have had Hughes. I think we all have our examples. Maybe one of these days I'll compile a top 10 list of the worst draft decisions considering who you could have had and who you actually selected. But yes, Tyrese Halliburton, one of the more electrifying players in the NBA, wanted to be a Piston, wanted to be your point guard, and of course, Troy Weaver passed on him. Oh, just heartbreaking comments. They kill me. He's such a good player, and you could have had him. You know, I was watching the three-point shooting contest over the weekend, and they put Donovan Mitchell and Tyrese Halliburton back-to-back in the three-point contest. And I'm thinking to myself, they are trolling the Pistons right now. The NBA is trolling Detroit. Two guys you could have had. Two guys that could have totally resurrected the team. And instead, you have eight wins. And those guys are playing elsewhere. I mean, Devin Booker walks around repping Detroit everywhere he goes. He went to the All-Star game over the weekend, and he was wearing a Steve Eiserman jersey. Dude wants to be in Detroit so bad. He could have been. Of course, you passed on him. Now, that wasn't a Troy Weaver move. That was a Stan Van Gundy move. But still, what are you going to do? I don't want to bring down your Wednesday. But man, those comments really broke my heart by Tyrese Halliburton. He wanted to be here. I wish he was here. He's such a good player. We've gone too long today. So I'll get to some comments tomorrow. There's some really good comments about Jared Goff. If he's worth $50 million a year, that was yesterday's podcast. So we'll do those tomorrow. In the meantime, enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. Hit me up in the comments. What about Javi Baez? Does he have the ability in your mind to resurrect his career? Or am I just full of it? Also, Tyrese Halliburton wanted to be in Detroit. What is your all-time awful Detroit draft day decision? I gave you a couple. I know everybody has one they'll never forget. What's yours? Let me know. In the meantime, we'll do comments tomorrow, and I'll say goodbye to you, and we'll catch you tomorrow on a Thursday. See ya.